Hello, my name is Vasha, and you are listening to Disgusting Behaviour. With me is my co-host, Scott. Our podcast is to talk about controversial topics that resonate with us. This is the first session of our series, Millennial Peter Pan, that we're recording. This series will be exploring the fetishization we experienced in our youth, the adults that exploited the systems that were in place to protect us that did not protect us, unfortunately, as well as the material written on the phenomenon of how this has impacted our generation. And as the title suggests, we are mostly talking about the millennial generation, folks who are in a certain age group who have been impacted by things like the internet, um, television media, or from the early 90s, mid 90s, and later. So today in particular, we've decided to talk about the fetishization we were exposed to during our youth. And what that means exactly is some of the media that we saw and the language used around the celebrities and power and how we viewed them, as well as the language that was used by people in our immediate circle and how that impacted us in terms of our image of ourselves uh, while we were growing up as well as now. It's quite an intense subject matter. And I think a lot of people can relate to it, especially in our age group, because it was all stuff that we all might have been exposed to. We also have a couple of studies that we'll look at with some excerpts that we'd like to take a look and and see how much they hold true to what our own personal experience was. But in particular, I think we really wanted to just share our take on what our childhood was like. So I'd like to start off with, I guess, some of the key figures that we saw growing up and some of the media we saw Because I think there was a lot of lax uh, attitudes around how adults could interact with children, how it was uh, perceived in terms of it being a whimsical thing or, you know, just a little funny little tidbit, as well as skewed views on what was appropriate because you still had this generation coming in that may have been from a time where, and don't get me wrong, there has never been a time where people accepted folks having, you know, relationships with folks that were underage. But I think there was still a general understanding that that gap could be wider than expected. And there was in general this whole idea of youth and how precious youth was and how people should, you know, strive for it, which is a different problem today versus then when we were literally talking about being a child. A good example of that is maybe... Uh, if we think about Michael Jackson and how he really wanted to be what everyone would call a Peter Pan. He literally had Neverland as his estate and would invite children along to come sleep over with him, relax with him, even though there was probably something more sinister going on in that uh, environment. I mean, I don't know, like, Scott, maybe you can add as well. I remember growing up, there's always jokes about him, you know, touching children and that being weird and funny and whatever else. But ultimately, you still loved his music, right? Yeah. So in media, when you still love his music, it was kind of glorified in a way, but not at the same time about him hanging out with children all the time. And you can see things on shows like South Park where they actually had probably multiple episodes showing Michael Jackson hanging out with the children. And it was in a comedic way where it really shouldn't have been. It should have been talked about more in the way that it is today. We don't know if he did anything with these children, but again, the age gap between him hanging out with these children 
was this or should this have even been a thing? Why wasn't that talked about more? Absolutely. And I think, I think it was to some extent, like there was, like, if I think about my parents, right, they did talk about how he was a little weird, but they're also the same people who introduced me to his music. And I, I do love his music. Don't get me wrong. I don't listen to him much anymore because it's all being tainted, I feel. But especially growing up, it was still a big thing. Like when he passed away, it was such a dramatic time. Everyone felt like, oh, they all remember where they were when Michael Jackson passed away, right? Like it was a big deal. Like he had such an impact on our life. But at the same time, he was an alleged pedophile. Let, let's get that clear. There is no acute accusation from our end. Like we know nothing has been confirmed. I mean, he's long since passed away. Jackson Estate, please don't sue us, essentially. Basically, yeah, please don't sue us. We're not saying that he is. We're just saying that we should have probably looked into it a little bit further and not publicized it as much in the way that we did because it was still kind of, I would say, yes, glorified. Yeah. I do think he was a victim of his own um, environment, but, you know, there was reports, and I'll get into why I think a bit of that as well, but I do remember, like, after he had passed away, there were some reports of how they had, I think they knocked a wall or something or found some secret area in, in Neverland where he had all these magazines of... They were ambiguous about the age of these these boys and men, but it was a whole bunch of, like, young-looking men dressed up in, like, baby clothes or dressed up as toddlers and as kids. And they were very clearly some kind of European fetish magazine. But, you know, there's some things that just go a little too far when it's, you know, is it depicting actual children? We don't know type of thing. Yeah. And in pornography terms, it would be barely legal would be the title of these things. Yeah. And that stuff's disgusting. And I don't know about all that. I know um, I definitely remember seeing because everyone talks about so we say pornography terms but i definitely remember seeing that term growing up in movies and stuff where it's like whoa she's just about to turn 18 or you know that kind of weird like broy 90s comedy of like someone being so fresh and youthful and young and it's like that's creepy it's not a fruit right they're an actual human being and also they were a child literally a second ago can you relax you know and they'll talk about uh, popping their cherry and focusing on that as a big thing, especially in movies, like you're yeah. saying, like that was the main thing that these guys wanted to do to women, especially when they were barely of age, is yeah. pop their cherry. Yeah, so creepy. So uh, not to get too off topic, but I know Michael Jackson, as an example, probably was exposed to as terrible a thing. I remember seeing a documentary a while ago. The thing is, I don't remember the name of it, and I do want to look it up and and maybe share it later. Maybe we can link it somewhere in the future. But it was this documentary talking about Michael Jackson's experiences as a kid. And one of the things that, uh, and again, this is all alleged. I don't know if this is true, but I remember seeing a rumor about how Michael Jackson, when he was younger and they were in the Jackson 5, his brothers would just, you know, have sex with people in front of him and encourage him to watch or they'd bully him about it. That stuff leaves a lasting impression on you, right? Like, never mind the language that you see growing up. Like, if you're actually seeing that happening in front of you, there's going to be some kind of association that's made in your brain. Now, that's not to say that all victims of sexual violence become pedophiles growing up, but 
there is a lasting impact on people when they see things like that. I 100% agree with you. And it would definitely dive into his mental health in that aspect because it would affect him and it would affect him in ways that he would may have not even known has been experienced at such a young age. You never know what's going to happen, honestly. And I think that's what led to a lot of his behavior in, you know, inviting children on set, like, and again, I don't know if that led to any alleged behaviors that went beyond, you know, anything that was kosher, but um, definitely the intense relationship he had with that kid from Home and Away, I always forget his name, but, you know, we call it a friendship and, and something so intense where he's always in music videos or whatever and collaborating with them, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's okay. Like, yes, you're a grown man and you feel like you're in the body of a child. That doesn't mean you're a child, though. You still have to maintain a healthy boundary, right? There's no age is just a number situation here. That is a child. Yeah, and act responsible for your age because the age gap between the two wasn't like a small age gap. It was a decent size. So I don't know how calm that went on for so long, if I'm being completely honest. Even if it was a nice friendly relationship when nothing happened that's still not okay yeah how are we letting that happen for sure it it was just inappropriate and like you know there's there's so many other people well i guess that had like alleged behaviors and you look at it now and it's like why did we let them get away with that like another example i saw was you know i think was it r kelly and alia they got married or was it just alia i can't remember exactly i probably should look it up but R. Kelly is another good example of someone who used his power to exploit children. But in his case, a lot of that was, I guess, it it wasn't the same argument that Jackson was making, where he felt like he was a child at heart. R. Kelly was actively using his appeal to influence children. Oh, yes, he did marry Alia. She was like, I think, let me double check. She was well underage when they got married. Give me a quick second to just check here. While you're looking into that, what I would also bring up is growing up in the media, if you look at catalogs, like your target catalog, for an example, the way that they portrayed children, and especially girls, they dressed up in adult looking clothing from four, five year olds on there. What impression is that supposed to put on us? Exactly. So it, all these things coming together definitely it just doesn't really like it sends the wrong message i just finished researching real quick as a side alia was 15 when she married r kelly like that was illegal it was an illegal marriage she was tagged as she was 18 on the documentation but you know that probably had an impact on some kids who you know it's r kelly it's their idol he's this romance king out here singing music that people love and and vibe to can you imagine if someone realizing that someone so young could marry their idol what would that make you think in terms of i'm a young teenager and i like someone who's way older than me and they're a celebrity and there's a chance yeah you kind of want to go after it but that's not what we should be doing oh yeah but as a kid you don't know right you're going to just do it and it's the adult in power here that needs to play the responsible role and not encourage that when you're seeing these heroes out there in the world interacting with children in these ways it leaves an impression on you on what is appropriate and what should you, like what are the boundaries even as a child should you set right it, it's not healthy so this leads us into the next topic language the language around us and the language that was spoken at us. For example, looking back when I was younger, I remember the adults around me 
telling me that I'm very mature for my age and commenting on my body and my physique saying that I look like I have a nice body and I was probably five at the time but things like that and when I say adults I mean like my parents friends and my family friends they would always comment on my body but especially multiple times commenting how mature I am for my age and focusing on that yeah I, I had a lot of that as well there was a lot of like People, a lot of adults who thought they were, because a lot of people like to hear, oh, you seem mature and wise and, and so on. But there's an extent where you're taking it a bit too far. I, I definitely got similar commentary where people are like, you know, you're thinking more advanced or, or you, you behave in a way that makes you seem more grown up and adult and mature. But that's not healthy because it leads, again, to you not understanding the boundaries you need to have with an adult. That's not to say that everyone who would make that comment was trying to break those boundaries, but it gives you this weird image of yourself and and what's going on. And then, like you were mentioning, you touched on the whole, the body image, right? Like it's, as a child, there are some things you don't need spoken about you. Yeah, Um, I 100% agree with you. And thinking back then, like I loved being called or being told that I'm mature for my age back then, like it may be a boost of confidence, but looking back, no, that was definitely not appropriate, especially talking about my body at such a young age as well. Like what were they thinking? Exactly. Like even if they're saying it in a harmless way, that's still not what you should be saying to a child. Okay. Even someone that's barely a teenager either, like you shouldn't be saying that to them. Yeah, absolutely agree. And like, I know for me in particular, there were some, so there's, there's two examples of language that was extremely inappropriate that I, that I had seen. Um, one example my mother shared um, when I was a baby. I was, I was a charming kid. I'll admit that, like everyone would say that. There's so many stories of me just having a good time, being comfortable and people, you know, just being friendly and enjoying that. But there's one case, and look, I have... I have weird aunties, apparently. There was one auntie in particular. When I was a baby, you know, I was getting a lot of attention from my uncles and so on and, and, and everything. And I don't know if it, my mum overreacted, but it seemed like a really weird thing to say. She said essentially along the lines of, oh, she's going to be very popular with the boys. It's like, why would you say that about an infant? Like, it's, what are you implying? This is a literal baby. You cannot say, like, you're already sexualizing them. It's a child. Yeah, and for a boy infant, people saying, oh, he's going to be a heartbreaker as well and already saying that at such a young age as well, I don't think that's going to also give him a great confident boost or anything like that. Why are we putting pressure or language on children? Like, why are we doing that? Yeah. I remember seeing, like, uh, online cringy, like, baby clothes as well, right? where it's like mama's little heartbreaker or there's some really cringy examples out there where it's it's just like king of the you know house, which is cute. There's some of those that are cute, but there's some that take it a bit too far and get a little too sexualized where it's just like, this is a child. You can't be talking about how he's going to, I don't know, steal the hearts of your girls or something. You can't put keep your girls away from me when it's a baby on a on a shirt. Like, that's weird. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Yeah, but a lot of people thought it was cute. Exactly. And basically it was 
I would say our previous generation, especially, they really put that onto their children. But I don't think the millennials or Generation Z? Zoomers. Zoomers. I didn't know they were called Zoomers. (laughs) Would be focusing on putting stuff like that on baby clothes. I hope so. I do think there are some... Because I see a lot of these ads on Facebook still. So I do think there are maybe... Because that flip is happening where you've got myself, for example. I'm technically a Zoomer. Yes, I was still born in the 90s, but I was born in 97. So that makes me a Zoomer. So there are definitely people my age who have had kids. Like we we know kids, like folks from school who've got like two, maybe three kids now. I haven't seen them put anything weird like that on their kids. But, you know, it means that someone out there are still buying these baby clothes. And they may very well be parents from our generation. I'm just hoping that it's the grandmas from our generation that is buying this for kids and not the people from our generation. Exactly. Because then that means something's gone horribly wrong. Exactly. Because I thought it would be the change of this and saying to progress. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, not, not great. And look, that language does matter, right? Like you cannot be attaching these things to kids because it changes your perspective of what are they going to be as they get older, right? And... I think in media as well, there's all this intrigue around the preteen eras and coming of age stories where kids are growing up and, you know, figuring out their sexuality and things. Like everyone got really upset about Big Mouth. You remember like that show? It was this animated show on Netflix where they uh, spoke about, like it was an animated show just making fun of puberty. So there was kids who had hormone monsters attached to them and they would do all kinds of awkward situations and talk about all kinds of like uncomfortable topics as you grow up. And that is, you know, one of the shows that, um, have, you know, is around that's definitely presented that image out there. I actually love that show. I love that show too. What was the controversy about it? I don't understand. So people thought they were sexualizing children in that show when really it was just about exploring and exposing, you know, some of the awkwardness that everyone can relate to. See, that stuff's fine. Coming of age where you're just joking about the awkwardness of growing up is fine, I think, like in, in my opinion. Yeah, I think if I had a show like that growing up, I think it would be a completely different conversation today. Like, I think it's a great step for our next generation. Absolutely. I, I love it. I didn't think anything bad about it at all. Exactly. And, and I'm bringing it up because you've got those shows and then you've got the kind of it's a different framing to what people think it is because it's not saying we should encourage kids to go out and have sex and explore their sexuality. Like we said earlier about, you know, examples where we're seeing teenagers marry grown men. That's not what was going on because that show is just making fun of teenagers being teenagers. And talking about how hormones and how it changes in your body and it's okay. Basically, I think it was more about empowering people to be okay with their bodies and wanting to experiment and wanting to have the urges that they do. I think that's what the show was about. Exactly. And what it needs to be about, right? But the thing is, and and that's where I can see the difference in the language that we see by maybe that that's this later content that's being created and the stuff that was directed at us. Because I remember as a kid, even directly, like, anything about my body was extra awkward. Yes, you had sex ed and you would talk about those things. And, look, in New Zealand, I do think we had way better sex ed than in Australia, for sure, because we learned about trans folk and all kinds of, like, contraception that I never saw here. So it was another level. But 
even then as a child, like I was a child who developed. My breasts grew when I was in year five, year six. And there was another kid that ran up to me and said, oh, you're going to get saggy breasts when you're older. Like, you are a child as well. Why do you know this? <laughs> Very inappropriate things that a child should not have to care about, right? So like, just goes to show what is being said around them is actually sticking to them. How would he know? How would he know? Exactly. If he's so young, if he's the same age as you, how is he going to know? But yes, by the sounds of your sex ed, I think Australia did definitely lack in that. I don't remember learning anything, even about any gay people at all. It was definitely aimed at the straight people and putting a condom on a banana. That's basically what I learned and about periods. Yeah, and that's that's ridiculous, right? That already shows you just the the censorship that can actually be really damaging because then when you do hear whatever you hear or you try to get involved and, and learn more about it, you can do it in such a reckless way that you completely misconstrue the actual point of talking about these things. Yeah, you can be completely overwhelmed with the information as well, which would make you scared and not actually want to talk to anyone about it. Yeah. That's the other issue. So I do think that Australia needs to catch up with the sex education department. Definitely. Yeah. Because I think sure. we're a bit afraid of it, if I'm being honest. And I think if I had a better sex education, I wouldn't have done most things I did in my teenage years. So... I guess all of this brings us to our final topic today, where we wanted to dive more into the studies, or rather lack of studies, that are in this area. And in particular, look at the effects of media and the language of, I guess, the the adults in our past and how that has affected our generation. Yeah, looking online when I was trying to research this, it was actually very hard to find articles even, or studies that focused on how the language that we've been taught from such a young age is actually impacting our adult life. Like, I couldn't really find anything. The closest thing that I could find was talking about how there's been a huge increase of sexual activity, especially for Year 10 students in Australia in 2017, where about 50% of the students were sending nudes and 70% were receiving them that were used through online applications basically so it's been a very big increase and it was also the only other thing that the articles would state was that there's been a huge percentage increase in people identifying as non-heterosexuals and I think that's more because we've become more comfortable with ourselves in civilization in general so people are more okay to be themselves and I think it's just going to keep increasing as we go on. I agree I think there is a combination and I think it also dives into the online aspect that we need to look more into where that that comes into play. But look, if we're talking, was it 2017 they said on that article? Yeah, so a couple um, of years ago now, but I couldn't find any updated. Yeah, but I, I think if we want to consider like the impact on millennial culture, like it, there's, those were definitely Zoomers, I guess, as the graduating class because 2014 was our graduating class. But it's not that long after, right? So there's still that... I guess, is it a hypersexualization of, of children, right? Are they, and, and where did that influence come from? Is that still an influence we're seeing today that no one's looking too deeply into? I mean, the common thing we hear is sex sells, but also if you're putting advertisements in the public domain that are following that view, then yeah, it would make sense that there's a lot of young folk who are impressionable getting influenced by that. So we may have seen all kinds of different examples in our generation, but maybe there's more that this generation is seeing. But saying that, it does lead into 
an article that I was reading that was focusing on how young impressionable teenage girls were publishing videos on YouTube that were aimed at the men that were kind of nurturing them to release these right, videos. right the grooming essentially yeah. online grooming through commentary and and yes they oh I, I, I am so excited for the series because I do want to talk about not just YouTube but also TikTok and a lot of other social media platforms where you have these grown men egging on children to post all kinds of videos and, and content that are completely inappropriate and if they're not encouraging the children there's a darker more sinister side where there's parents who are taking all the attention because it gets them money yes and it's also the grown men acting like teenage boys to get the attention of these young girls and to get them to post videos yes that was in this article which we can touch on more later yeah so yes i think it is a little alarming though that at least in terms of and maybe it's because it's still a new area to explore and and you know we can always revisit this topic in the future and and talk about some of the studies we found at the end of this series maybe because there was definitely a lot of problematic language probably used for our parents and their generation prior but it was all in a different way right it was all worded differently it was all shown differently but in particular i feel like for our generation there was a lot happening in the 90s and 2000s that was just odd and it's a shame that there aren't more studies that are backing this up and showing it and proving some of the stuff we're seeing yeah like another thing that just popped in my mind especially in the early 2000s the paparazzi taking photos up women's skirts and sexualizing that that would have been another big thing that we grew up with and basically influenced us today that was the making it seem it's okay to do that in a way which it should never have been I don't understand why they were actually allowed to publish these photos or even try to take photos up women's skirt. No, absolutely. And I think I remember there was that one particular photo they took of Anne Hathaway when she was getting out of her car and she wasn't wearing underwear. So they got a full shot of her genitals, right? And that caused a lot of outrage online. And I think that showed that turning of time or generation where suddenly we were like, hey, that's really not okay, right? There's some people who jumped on the bandwagon, were joking about it and whatever, but most people I saw, and maybe I'm just, you know, I have the benefit of a closed circle without realizing it. Uh, most people were like, that's not cool. That's not okay. And I feel like the early version of that was the the upskirt over the, like the air vents on public side boardwalks, right? yes yes Varsha. yes 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 it's just coming back to me now like when why like i just understand why was this okay it's this weird flip on and we all know it's gendered of course because we're not flipping up men's skirts or staring at their bulges or looking up their kilts you know if you're scottish yeah none of that unfortunately and if you were it was a joke right so so why were we being groomed as children to think that this was funny or, or was it really just at the adults of our generation, you know, that were raising us? Did they just hold old ideals that they found interesting and they thought it was fine to publicly air this kind of weird, honestly, fetish behavior <laughs> in public? It really was a fetish behavior, definitely. Yeah. And it could have been our parents or even their parents' fault for not 
getting rid of this. I don't know. Like it was basically still encouraged, I would say. There's there's definitely a lot to unpack, I think, on, on this topic and learn more about as maybe it'll be someone from our generation who'll have a lot more evidence to look back on and, and understand and study. For for now, I think that's all we've really got to share on this topic. This is the first part of a series that we're doing. Please, I hope you enjoyed this episode and, and I hope you continue to listen on. We've got so much more in store. I mean, I know you're definitely excited for the new topics that we've got up ahead. I'm just so excited. I can't stop smiling because it's going to dive a little bit deeper into the topics and the conversations that we've been having. This is just kind of like a little stepping stone. Yeah, for sure. So thank you for joining us again. I, I really do hope you've enjoyed listening to some of our commentary and observations. So far as we deep dive into our mini series, Millennial Peter Pan. We look forward to having you on this journey and can't wait for the next episode.